Welcome to May I Interrupt, an iCare roundtable discussion sponsored by Oculus. Each show we explore questions in the world of eye care and other topics of interest with leading experts in the industry. I'm Craig Norman, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Jason Jedlicka, who altern alternately hosts and participates in each of our episodes. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Hello today? again, Craig. Yep. Are you ready we for the challengers? Here we go again, huh? Yeah, here we go. Here we Third go. Third time's a charm. Time. I think we got this down by now, though, so Here's this ought to be a good one. Okay, let's not hold back. There are no prisoners today. No prisoners <laughs> and, today. And actually, I think the two challengers today, pretty easy meet. Challenge accepted. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. The first one is Dr. John Gellis. John, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Well, I'm John Gellies. I uh, work at the CLEI Center for Keratoconus in Teaneck, New Jersey. I work in specialty contact lenses and cornea. Uh, and I do some fun stuff on the side. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, John. Mm -hmm. Justin Bazan. Hi, Justin. How are you? Hey, Craig. Hey, Jason. Hey, John. Good to see everybody. Y'all look great. <laughs> Tell well, us a little um, bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm going to give you the under 30 seconds version, see if we can keep it even shorter than John's. Um, I'm a private practitioner in New York City right now, Brooklyn to be more precise. Startup uh, private practice just a little over 10 years ago and built it from the ground up cold. Um, also do a lot of work in the industry as a, an educator and um, consultant. Um, and that's the short version of it. Oh, oh, wait, also founded Young ODs of America. That's kind of there a big deal. Now. We're pushing several thousand men, members all across the country. So shout out to Yoda. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Product placement there, excellent move, excellent. Move. <laughs> okay, so you're lucky I didn't get the poster in the background for it. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> here's time. how this is going to work. So this show is broken down into three segments. Each segment will be two to three minutes for each of you guys. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, you can respond. Uh, please try to wrap it up within a short period of time. Every time that you give a really good answer. We're going to hear the bell. That bell, by the way, is not the one you want to hear because that means the end of the round. But every time you get a point, bingo. I'm going to add up those points. And we will go over them periodically. And then at the end of today's um, roundtable discussion, we will declare a winner. Most likely, and a loser. Justin or John. And a loser. <laughs> yes. That uh, I was going to say will go unsaid, but it was just said. Oh, yeah. for you. Um, so we're really, really interested in, in your guys' opinions. And remember, the name of the show is May I Interrupt? So please go ahead and do that at any time that you would like. Uh, since I have full discretion here, and since... Can I interrupt, Craig? Yes, sir. Hey, by the way, you look great today. You look good in black, as always. <laughs> Already he's up. Are we keeping score yet? Hey, 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 wait, wait, let me interrupt. I just want to compliment you on your hair. I'm saying I modeled oh, mine after yours. Oh. oh, we got a match today. We definitely have a match today. And the pretty boy with the long hair saying nothing. And nothing. So, perfect. <laughs> Battle of the Baldies. Let's yeah. do it. Oh, Justin, I like you already. This is fantastic. Okay. Here we go. And Jason Jedlicka, since we know you got five points for your comments about the host, and that'll probably get you halfway to 10, where you'll end up. If uh, I'm lucky. What we want to do is we want to focus on telemedicine, telehealth, teleoptometry, 
telephone, whatever it is that it is being called today. And I'd like to have you provide me with what are two examples of what telemedicine means to you today, Jason. Well, I think before this last month or two, um, what it meant to most of us probably was communicating with other practitioners about patient care in a way that um, we could conference without having to physically get ourselves together. That we could um, we could share information with other specialists or other people that had uh, expertise and allowed us to whether it was taking photos and sending them to a retinal specialist or consulting with a patient's primary care physician via teleconference, it was a way to to uh, manage care better in theory. And I think that's changed, and I'm sure that John will talk a lot about that too because that's kind of his passion is, is um, integrating the actual patient into that experience as well. But, I mean, to me, that's what telemedicine was. It was a way to to uh, get patients who may be in remote areas that can't get specialty care an opinion through use of technology and, um, and again, to, to conference with other care providers. Okay, excellent. Justin, how about you? Yeah, I think that, you know, Jason's got some good foundational points there, but in a pandemic situation, things have changed dramatically. Um, I can tell you back in 2015, I was using a, a platform for synchronous audio and visual between patients, um, and I was kind of poo-pooed for it when I was diagnosing just simple things like conjunctivitis with it because it failed to meet the in-person standard of care, such as viewing the anterior chamber for cells and flare. However, in this situation where I'm trying to preserve PPE so frontline providers have access to it so I'm not bringing patients into the office so they're staying at home. We have now found that to be extremely useful for anterior segment stuff such as conjunctivitis diagnosis. Um, so it's changed and it's, we're doing the best we can with the equipment we have um, utilizing free platforms um, and uh, it's working well. It's working well. Is it ideal? Is it? Is it the best that we can do if we had the patient in the office, certainly not, but it is making an impact and we are finding it very, very, very uh, effective for what it's worth. Excellent, excellent. So John Gellis, before we start, <laughs> explain to us, synchronous and asynchronous. Very Justin yeah. just dropped that out there, of course, with no explanation and for the- Yeah, that might, <laughs> might bear a little explanation. So, so synchronous visit is basically what we're doing right now. It's a live video chat where we're able to interact uh, in real time. And asynchronous is where you get a storm forward. So somebody takes a photo or a video or you know, even sends you a message or fills up a survey. They send that to you, you review it, and then you send a communication back to them. Uh, it's asynchronous. Neither one of us are synced together. Um, so yeah, so, why, so why the term? Why the term? I remember, John, when you were first explaining this to me a couple of years ago, everything <laughs> was cool until you dropped those on me. And then I had to spend time wondering, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> it's all about billing. But, yeah. but may, may I interrupt? May I interrupt? Synchronous and asynchronous <laughs> can be both a form of telehealth, right? So if you're looking at Medicare definitions of what telehealth versus e-visit um, versus a check-in, those all three can kind of have little different buckets and they can be utilized in different ways. So what we're talking about, a true health, uh, true health, true telehealth platform does need to have the synchronicity. Um, but if you're just doing a, a check-in, 
um, or a virtual e-visit, you can utilize somebody emailing you a summary of what's going on and a picture maybe. So yeah. there, there's, there's, there's multiple ways that we can do this. Isn't it, also, uh, isn't it also a kind of swimming too? Huh? Olympic swimming? Synchron oh, synchronized, sorry. <laughs> that was a really I'm bad, bad joke. Take away a point. That was a really oh, bad joke. Take away a point. Okay, John. Yeah. Now. So, so I'm going to give you one quick thing on that. You know, the other thing on this is remote patient monitoring, you know. So, you know, and that, that's always kind of a, a, an interesting area. You know, when we had telemedicine in classic form, Jason was dead on. You know, the idea is that, you know, we're taking photos and videos in a retina clinic and we're sending that, or, or excuse me, from primary care, sending that to the retina clinic. They're evaluating other signs of diabetes, other things like that. Telemedicine, somewhere around the, you know, 2010 mark or so, started becoming a direct-to-consumer sort of thing. You had a lot of companies that popped up, MD Live, Teladoc, all these other things. And essentially what they were doing was providing care anywhere. So the idea was, hey, you're sick, you got a cold, whatever, let's go ahead, let's get you a visit, let's see a doctor, they'll give you something you know, right on the spot. Well, that is kind of an interesting gray area because then that becomes you know, continuity of care issues, um, you know, and that, that partially comes into why optometry got a little, um, you know, a little bad taste in their mouth over what telemedicine is. You know, when you look at things, you know, that we're developing, a lot of these instruments were used to go around the optometrist and they weren't really what you would call telehealth. They were more like a service or, you know, just a, a business model where you're trying to sell a product or, you know, whether it's contact lenses or glasses, and you're just trying to go around the doctor altogether. Mm -hmm. um, now I think you're finally seeing the interest in real telemedicine, which is where the doctor's in control, the doctor's helping to make that visit with the patient, get them the care that they need. You know, for my practice, since we're all cornea and anterior seg, it's amazing. Like I can do specialty contact lenses on this thing. I can do follow-ups for post-ops. I can do all sorts of things and it's great. The downside is the guys that do retina, you know, you can do anything with that. So, you know, there's a, there, there are the limitations that exist in all these yeah. things. Excellent. One of, Excellent. One of the, I'm going to give you an example because I think it's important because a lot of doctors out there listening don't know about it. Um, Walt Mayo of OpcomList, uh, founder and fame, has developed a VA chart that's scalable to the patient's computer. Um, if you go to secouniversity.com slash acuity, you know, you'll be able to share your screen utilizing one of the telehealth platforms, um, such as uh, DoxyMe, for example, and the patient syncs up the size of their card to the display, and you're able to do acuities uh, synchronous. So that's great, um, and it's a free platform, too. That's pretty okay. good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. That's for round one. <laughs> Scores. First of all, Justin, you're kicking butt. Not unexpected. Justin has seven points. Woo! Jason, six. Wow. Nice. He's the I started with five. He's been yet. I started with <laughs> and, five, right? And unfortunately, the guy with the beautiful art on the wall behind him yeah. <laughs> has four. Oh. John, 
you had six, but you went way over time again. I had wow. to take the demerits. <laughs> Tough guy. Brutal. Brutal. Feeling the pressure. Feeling the pressure. Yeah. Nowhere to go except down from me, so. Yeah. You know, well, this bias against guys with hair, John, what do you think? Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> hey. Now I know. It's, it's highly overrated. I have it growing wild on other parts of my body. <laughs> uh, I don't want to like, think about that. I like to say I've had the same amount of follicles. They've just migrated since puberty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's move on. So now we've established a little bit of the background of telehealth, telemedicine, telefriend, whatever, whatever it actually is. All right. This time I'd like to start with Justin. Convince me how an optometrist can use telemedicine or telehealth, however you want to put it, to see more patients, to build their practice, and to be financially more successful. I can't. John Gellis. End of round? I can't. He's wrong. I can't. I can't convince you. I can't convince you. I don't think that you can be more financially successful just with the tele telemedicine alone, even if you incorporate it a little bit. I think it takes away from what you're, you're, you're doing in the office if you're actually able to be in the office. However, what I want to talk about is I may not ever go back to being in my office, but with the, um, uh, I guess, new technologies that are emerging with remote technologies, I feel like I may be able to do a lot more things remotely with the help of techs in office. And we'll get to that, I'm sure, in a second. But as far as it being a practice builder, I don't think it is. I think it's a nice little adjunct service, but it's not a moneymaker. Okay. Now, has your opinion, by the way, changed in the last six weeks? Um, it's kind of stayed the same since early adaptation. I didn't think it was going to be something that would overtake in-office, in-person experience. Um, yeah, so not really. Okay, thank you. John? Uh, telemedicine in its main function is never going to replace what you're doing in office. It's always going to be an adjunct to it. So, you know, there are ways that you can use this to be a little more productive, but that really happens when you have multiple people in your practice. So let's say you have a group practice. It's giant. You got, you know, 10 doctors. You can afford to make one doctor the telemedicine float that does nothing but triage patients all day long. All they're doing is seeing all the red eye patients before they come in. And that's going to help you on the other side of this because now you're not bringing patients that have possible, you know, contagious diseases into your well clinic, you're able to keep that out of your clinic, be able to triage that from a distance. And if you feel comfortable, treat it from there. Now, the other options of these sorts of things, you know, you're really looking at how can I adjunct the care that I'm giving? And that's what Justin was touching on the idea that, you know, Hey, we can expand the care that I'm doing outside of the office because every single device that comes out has an FDA approval for various different function is going to allow you to do various different things from a distance. So like the eye care home tonometer, you're able to get that at a distance, the way to get the pressure and be able to have much more information to be able to treat an individual much better. Okay. That was pretty good, John. I have to admit, Jason. <laughs> well, I, I would just say that I think um, it, I think there's potential for, if a patient calls up historically and they've got a problem, you're going to triage it by their description over the phone. And you're only going to be able to be so accurate with that. And you're not going to be able to 
to to necessarily diagnose you may be able to put off going in on a saturday at 11 p.m or something but if but if you have access to telemedicine technology it allows you to actually see it and make a diagnosis and bill for the procedure and not have to go in I mean, it, it's more of a quality of life thing. It, it helps the patients. It helps us. We can be a little more efficient. We can be, uh, you know, I, I feel like it, like everybody has already said, is not going to replace, but it will amplify and, and it will improve certain things. And I think, I think a lot of ways too, there's always those patients who are the straightforward, easy follow-up patients. And if there's a way that you can avoid having free follow-ups coming in on your schedule all day, then you don't have to see those patients. You can see a few more paying patients and yeah, there, there's ways that it helps. You can see those patients 11 o'clock on a Friday night. I'm not. <laughs> I'll send them to you. You can make there more money go. off to see my, see no, my, no, I my patients. I have a resident then. to see them, so don't worry. Right, so all let right, me good. ask you guys, and I'm going to go to Jason since he's on a roll never wow. before seen okay. uh, on this show. Uh, Jason, do you now use, or can you see in the future using telemedicine peer-to-peer? -peer? Let's say from you to me, <sighs> I have a patient, I have a question, I reach out to you. Well, I mean, I, I would have thought, you know, six months ago, I don't know why I would, but, but I think everything has changed now. We're all getting so comfortable with this kind of, communication style and to be truthful uh one of the things that i'm doing right now as part of the program at iu that i wouldn't be doing otherwise is i'm an instructor for our interprofessional education class and that is part of ipe is teleconferencing other healthcare providers of different specialties to share your concerns about a patient as it relates to your practice style with a primary care doctor so is it feasible for a primary care physician to pull three or four other healthcare providers for a complicated patient together in a Zoom conference for 15 minutes to, to get to the heart of this rather than having that patient bouncing to five different appointments? I don't know. I, I would may, have may I no. interrupt for a second? Yeah. No, no, just wait. I would have said no, but. That's but an academic screwing things yeah. up for the rest of us. That's All an right, academic screwing things up for the rest of us. Right, I'm going matter... to give you the other option on this one, too, okay? So right away, this whole idea of 15 minutes, uh, you know, no. The perfect usage of peer-to-peer -peer is from the ER to you. That's the way that you use this. You know, you have an ocular, uh, an, an ocular emergency in the ER that needs a, a quick triage from somebody who knows what they're looking that's the the best use of telemedicine in, in any sort of whether it's optometry ophthalmology that's the best use of it by by far and so, i built a peer-to-peer -peer platform for this <laughs> so that's what that's my point was there's peer-to-peer -peer platforms that exist for me to send quick correspondence between um you know somebody that i may refer to or vice versa right um i i have my retina guys uh, cell phone that I'll text him. I'll shoot him images all the time and I'll get quick responses from him. Is it HIPAA compliant? doesn't have to be because I'm not sharing any uh, protected health information. I'm saying, here's an image. Let me know what you think of it. Right? So that's in its crudest form. That's the easiest way that we facilitate quick ready diagnosis between specialists. Okay. I, you know, those are really fantastic responses. Uh, 
and I just sense that what what's happened in the last few months is going to change everything, and and that where it was, and I've had this conversation with John in the past, where there was not big uptake between the professional or the patient regarding this communication, but now Zoom just flows off the lips of every walking person, and they're really socializing more than ever, but they're doing it by screens, and then they're also showing their mouth or their teeth or their eyes or whatever. Okay, so um, let me just recap. Jason, it was short-lived. You now have nine. Yeah. Nine. Ten was my goal, so I'm doing all right. Yeah, well, you still have the chance for demerits. It's true. <laughs> hey, Craig, by the way, you're looking great today. Bing, you now have eight. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, okay, Justin, you are at 12. Solid. Impressive. 12. 12. And if I understood about what you were trying to say with that male comment, you might have had more. Okay. Cool. And John Gellis, nine, but a little bit of a run. So, John, if I could, I'd just like to ask you, you know that this show is, we like to say, powered by Oculus, and we're all instrument guys around here. Can you just <laughs> tell me, from the standpoint of Oculus, can you say a couple words about them? Yeah, I mean, frankly, you know, the German engineering is unbelievably appreciated i gotta tell you that like in our practice our pentacam gets used on every single patient that walks in that door without that i i couldn't do what i do it's just it's so key and what they're building what's on the horizon is just bonkers and like yeah it's uh, it, tell us give us a little insight well i'd love to but that nda won't let me <laughs> Good. Thank you. Justin? Leaders in the industry, and I think that you're going to hear it from all three of us. You know, you got companies that are taking what the needs of the practitioners are and the desires and thoughts that we have for future instrumentation and putting it down and manufacturing and getting it out. Okay. Good. Thank you. Now, we're going to move into our fun category, but I have a bonus that I'm going to throw out to John and Justin. Wait a minute. I was going to save this for a tie break, but <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Justin first. What is the definition of a teledactyl? A who? What now? How about you? A teledactyl. Uh, a teledactyl. That would be somebody who is able to use any form of telecommunications with just their one hand. That was really wrong. Okay. <laughs> I tried. John Gellis. I mean, sending a communication back and forth via pterodactyl? <laughs> Possibly. Stone okay. Age telemedicine, right. Jason, do you want to weigh in here? Not at all. Not, not at all. Okay. Teledactyl at least based on the Smithsonian, was one of the first uses of telemedicine ever. 1925, 
uh, <laughs> fellow by the name of Hugo Gernsback, who came up with a concept where you would be able to have an instrument in a patient's house and you would be able to use a robot-like um, digital instrument and through looking through a TV set, be able to medically treat the patient. Brilliant. Hugo Gernsback, right out of the Smithsonian. Nice. And, you know, the real sad part here is that I sent this definition to Jason about an hour ago. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I pick and choose emails I read carefully, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right the spam. Got it. Okay. So, guys, here's what this is our I read your email. It was a great email. One of the <laughs> best email. emails. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, See, when go. he gives me the, the ding, I go backwards. So, <laughs> so I, I'm a Midwest guy growing up in Minnesota. Jason's a Midwest guy, kind of. Kind of. And what we would like to know is, what is the big deal about living in New York? It's expensive. It's dirty. I mean, the people have personalities like you two. I <laughs> think, come on. And, you know, why? Why would one want to live there? And Look, just, I mean, and, I'll, I'll defer to you because, by the way, you're not in New York City or Brooklyn today, are you? I'm in Woodstock. Exactly. In Woodstock. You don't like yeah. it there either. So, <laughs> you know what? Here, here I'm going to bring it back to a real serious, real serious point. Um, this has actually made me question about living in an urban environment that's as densely populated, um, and I am looking forward to what telehealth looks like in 2021. And if I can have an office that's open with text and where I have remote control or highly trained techs um, or devices such as my Feropter, um, my OCT, my Optos, even my slit lamp that's remote controlled and remote viewing, um, I may not need to be there in person. I can be on a little robot wheeling around. I could be on an iPad that's handed to the patient. I may not be living in New York City next year full time. I may be there six months out of the year and do telemedicine else, you know, for the other six months. So I may do it for three months to take three months off. I don't know, but this whole pandemic has got me thinking about where I want to live. Now, if you asked me this three months ago, New York City, best city in the world. I would never, ever move, never, ever considering anywhere else, um, you know, on a full-time basis other than New York. But um, right now I'm looking forward to see how remote equipment can allow me to participate in direct patient care elsewhere in the globe. So what you're saying is we could soon be seeing Bazan teledictal services, right? Yes, absolutely. I don't know if I will call it that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I may not be uh, in the same location as the patient, but still providing a same level of in-person care. Yeah. And that's the goal. And I think that's the goal of all this telehealth talk is can I provide the same level of in-person care when I'm not actually there? Yeah. So John? Well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you the thought process. For Why do you spend $35 for a hamburger, please? <laughs> because it's the best damn hamburger that you're ever going to have. <laughs> so this, is, this is coming from the kid who grew up in San Diego, California. You know, Why do you leave San Diego to go to New York? Well, you leave San Diego to go to New York because you're going to get an opportunity to live a life that you're never going to live anywhere else. You're going to be able to see all the things that you'd never be able to see in places like San Diego. There's so much more culture here. You got so many restaurants. Instead of going, hey, you know, I, I, I'm going to go and have Ethiopian food and I got to go and travel 25 minutes this way and, 
you know, it's the only one in the area. I got like 30 choices. Like, like there, there's no cuisine that you could have here that like, that you couldn't find multiple choices of. At any time of the day, I can get Ethiopian food at like one in the morning if I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. If I if I'm hungry, like I get done, it's two a.m. I'm I can eat wherever I want. Like it's it's the most amazing thing. Humble I brag, food. I get done at two a.m. Uh huh. You're at work till two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but that's work. That's work. That, that's how I met these two and you. Uh-huh. Here, you <laughs> So uh, it's astronomically expensive to live there. Absolutely. Yeah. Between my rent for my office and, and my rent for my apartment, you know, I'm, I'm right now I'm, I'm, I'm worried about getting back and getting uh, things going with patient care because, you know, PPP ain't cutting it and uh, he, uh, the disaster loan hasn't hit. So I need to start seeing patients. I, I, need, I need for us to open back up soon, but in a safe way that doesn't put anybody else's lives in danger. Um, you know, New York City, from, from my point of uh, view as being a music lover, is I get access to the great musicians of the world right down the street from me. There's some days where I pop up from the subway, and I'm, I pop up Barclays uh, Center is my stop, and there'll be a concert, and I'll be like, who is that? Oh, it's Paul McCartney? Yeah, let me get a, a scalp ticket and go into the Paul McCartney concert. You know, like, things like that blow my mind. I can't get that anywhere else in the world, um, shows like that. But the, uh, it, that's the, the food and the music are two things that I are missing the most right now, um, notwithstanding the interactions that I have with my very close friends. You know, that's obviously the, the biggest thing right now is that I can't hang out with my buddies and socialize like normal. You know, Zoom's cool. We've had a lot of great Zoom, Zoom moments, but it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. I'm surprised that, you know, that you didn't mention because the basketball season was canceled, you can't get the opportunity to follow the Knicks. Oh, I'm not, wow. You know what? I can tell you how the Knicks would be doing. It'd be just, just as bad as they always do. Now, the Nets, on the other hand, um, next year, hopefully when KG's healthy and still on the team, should be a playoff contender. And how about that Michael Jordan uh, documentary last night? Wow. That was a good yeah. one. <laughs> That's the last dance for you other guys, just in case you're wondering. It's phenomenal. Okay. We're going to get ready to wrap this up. John Gellis, comments? You didn't ask me about New York at all. You think? Oh, well, you were there once, right? <laughs> what? Didn't you go there once? I've been there a couple times. Couple times. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Wait, wait a minute. Look, Jason. See, what do you like about New York? Well, let me let me tell you. I'm wearing this shirt today, especially for this program, because I was thinking about what do I have that's New York, right? And I couldn't find anything else because you know, not a New York guy, but. For you guys who know this, do you know what this is, right? I can't it's, see it's, it. It's, it's, a, it's, a sock, it's a soccer jersey, right? Oh, oh Doug Flutie. There you go. <laughs> this is a New, jersey, New York, New Jersey Generals official yeah. Doug Flutie jersey. USFL. There yep. you on, that should be like five points. You know what? But right. He played, he played in the Canadian League, and then he played on Buffalo, and then there. Right? This is a rare item. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Doug Flutie, Doug Flutie was short like us. I like that. See, that's short right. to me. That's, that's he was that's about the same height as us. That's this a nice a item, Jason. official jersey. I was nice. going to get a Doug Flutie jersey also, but instead I bought a package of gum. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. 
Dang. You overpaid for that gum, man. <laughs> okay, John Gallus, closing comments. Oh, man, I mean, you know, New York's like nothing else. You know, I can go and have a three Michelin star meal and then immediately afterwards go to a punk bar in uh, Alphabet City. You know, I can, it's, it's whatever you want it to be and it's just incredible. You know? We need to hang out more. That sounded like a good night. We need to hang out more. Right? So exactly. let, me, let me ask you this. So how often do you do that? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that happens. So a few things here. One, I haven't cooked for my, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I still wouldn't have cooked a meal for myself since I've been in New York. And that's six. Same. So, you know, th this is, this is all the time, you know, you, you eat out all the time you go and you have drinks you have all the you know it, it's it's incredible and yeah you, you're probably not going to broadway shows and you know <laughs> and to the uh you know to to the garden or anything like that every single week but you know you could <laughs> you know okay, basically basically yeah basically i'm in my apartment to sleep and shower and maybe on the weekends i'll sleep in a little bit you know but um, if you're a New Yorker, you take advantage of the lifestyle and all the options that we have, which is why it's been so tough. Um, you know, I went to a grocery store yesterday for the first time in probably since I was in optometry school. So at least 15 years, first time I've walked into a grocery store to buy something other than a, a 12 pack of beer. Um, and it, it, was, it was crazy. I just... I was at a, I was like, wow, there's so many things and so many items, you know, I came out of there with $200 worth of groceries of stuff that I didn't even know were options, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> blown away, absolutely blown away. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to that lifestyle. And, and I know that it's going to be one of the biggest challenges this country has, has ever faced is that how do we open up again? And it's in a way that keeps people safe and prevents, you know, a, a second, pandemic wave from occurring in cities that are opening up. Um, but I think tele, to tie this all back in, I think tele, telehealth is going to be key to that. I think that you're going to see um, more people become comfortable because of things like this, like Zoom meetings. And they'll be like, oh, that's no big deal. Yeah, I talked to my friend, talked to my, my family. Why not talk to my doctor like this, right? So I think you're going to see that the, the barrier to entry is going to be lower through more services coming about, platforms becoming more user-friendly and, and more wide will be acceptable in society. And I think that you're going to see the options expand. And what I'm excited about is that equipment that does have remote capabilities. So if I do want to do a slit lamp exam and be in control of the angle of the beam, the width of the beam, the magnification, I'll have all that access. And I know that there's devices out there now, and I think that the technology will continue to expand and get better providing uh, care providers with those options. Excellent. Jason? Oh, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> what <laughs> that's the most points i got three all day points. So. three points for that unfortunately not enough no i figured so here's where we're at john gellis 14 Ooh. nice jason jedlicka 15 whoa <laughs> no, that's an all-time high for me <laughs> And Justin Bazan, the clear-cut winner in a TKO Whoa. <laughs> at 19 points. There you go. I, I'd like to take my winnings and uh, buy you guys all around round of drinks next time we see each other. 
So uh, it, the winnings will be spent in a, in a, in a good way. Great. And we hope it's in New York because then they'll be really Absolutely. expensive and we couldn't afford to have it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. You know, your insight into this area of telemedicine, all of the comedy notwithstanding uh, has really been terrific. Uh, I think it is definitely something that people will learn from. Uh, John Gellis, thank you so much. You should try to get out soon. You know, uh, really, Justin, thanks so much for your time up in Woodstock. Jason Jedlicka, you know, Jason is a, content, uh, a contender on this. You're a much better host, yeah. uh, but it's yeah, okay. It's okay. You are still the integral part of the program, and you'll always be in. And, thank of course, we having... want to thank our sponsors and that um, are powering, uh, may I interrupt, which is Oculus USA. Uh, we really appreciate it and stay tuned for an upcoming episode. Meanwhile, that these are up on iTunes uh, as far as a uh, video-like format like you're seeing now and also as a podcast through uh, SoundCloud. Thank you, fellas. Be safe. Thanks, really guys. appreciate everything. Miss you guys. Hope to see you soon. Stay safe. You too.